As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia, I'm the social skill there. Join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. The Syracuse football season ends with a 31-14 loss against Pitt at home. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback. And Syracuse will host Indiana in the Dome this Tuesday. We'll let you know what we think about that. Uh, some news coming through uh, last night about Andre Schmidt, and the reason is currently unknown still. But he announced that he's going to be leaving the program. And uh, another another big blow as far as I'm concerned. He, we don't know if he's entering the transfer portal or if he's trying to go to the NFL. So all of that's still up in the air. Or if he's just going to hang it up, I mean, quite frankly. Uh, so all of that's still in the air. But um, he came on as a walk-on, as you remember, ended up getting a scholarship, a 2018 Lou Groves Award winner. And, um, you know, he's been good. He's been excellent. I mean, he had a, couple, a little bit of struggles this year. But all in all, 157 of 161 extra points. And 65 of 79 on field goals for his career at Syracuse. So, uh, before Joe and I came on here, we were talking about it. And I said, well, who's his backup? <laughs> What's going on? We don't know. So, mm-hmm. so uh, just another, another blow. And that one I didn't see coming either. So, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I just, I have to feel like it's a situation where either, you know, he's going to try his luck at the NFL and he's probably, you know, got a degree already. I'm hoping and, that that is the case. Yeah, well, realistically, I don't know why you would want to, you know, go somewhere else for one year unless it is for school-wise, you know, because I know that Babers has talked about, you know, Andre Schmidt and how he's, uh, you know, kind of a, He's just not – I think he came from, like, soccer or something like that, and he really – I mean, he's – again, he's told stories about how he never really understood, you know, why people took football so seriously, and I don't really know how serious he takes. Not to say that he doesn't try, you know. It's just more or less, you know, when it comes to career-wise and after, you know, college, you know, you know I don't really know, you know, how much he how really – How serious is, he is about how passionate how he, is, he is, is about yeah, it, yeah. maybe. I mean, it, we don't even know if he cares about going to the NFL. Other than the right. fact, it's just it's making a whole bunch of money for you know. But of all you know, these players have other endeavors and other things going on too. So 
who knows really uh, and again we're never going to know unless these players disclose it and speak you know about it um other than just we're, we're going to have to wait <laughs> so you know it's just one of those things where i know it's looked bad near the end especially with all these players you know throughout the season going to the transfer portal and everything and again um we just have to understand that this is a different kind of year and with nil and with transfer portals and immediate transfers and being able to play and stuff like that uh i mean it's a situation where you know, players can leave right there in in the middle of the season um so they can use their the fresh or the red shirt and uh not play four games and then you know they could be at the other school by the winter playing in their their spring game and, and eligible for next year so we've, we've just never seen you know um you know an environment like this in college football and i just i don't want to be overreactionary about it um because as many kids as going in from our team, there's a whole bunch of other kids going to other teams too. I mean, we got Garrett Schrader because of this, this way, um, and a couple other players. Uh, and, um, you know, hopefully that we can just take advantage of it um, and not just look at it as a negative because we're losing players, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different environment now with the NIL and everything like that. And players can easily go and, and, and change, you know, um, just where they go to school, whether it's, you know, oh, I want to switch my major or I don't like it here or I can make more money on NAL here. There's a whole bunch of different things. And, um, you know, we just have to look at it as right now, at least the new norm and just hopefully look at it as in a positive is that, you know, there's that many other players that are out there that are available to be able to, you know, scoop up from the transfer portal so that we can, you know, build our depth a little bit better in the offseason than just through recruiting. All right, well, we're, we're going to get into that as you go on your diatribe with the transfer portal, which is in the montage, but we'll we'll hit it up here in a second. My God, Joe, don't Sorry. tread on my montage. Golly my day, I worked so bad. hard at this thing. This dude goes on for 10 minutes about something that's in there already. We haven't even heard Coach talk about it yet. So <laughs> with that Sorry. said, with that said, let's hear what Coach had to say after the game. Obviously, uh, you know, disappointed about the loss, but, you know, really excited about uh, the bridge that our super seniors left us. They gave us an opportunity to rebound from that COVID year, that asterisk year, to get us back to where we can start to do some things. I think that we have a lot of things coming back for this 2022 season. We're losing uh, six Warriors, six big-time football players, and we're gaining a lot of young guys, and they need to get bigger. They need to get stronger based off of some of the results of this game. But we've got the majority of this football team coming back, and with some additions, I think that we can be extremely different and exciting in 2022. Questions? Hey, you talked about 2022. What's your confidence level that you'll be here? Have you spoken with John Wildtack? I'm not going to get into that stuff. There's time for you guys to write about all this stuff. I'm more concerned about uh, those seniors taking that senior walk around. Uh, was addressing the 22 team after the seniors walked out, and we all applauded and started to set our goals for that team. And I think that uh, those goals are goals that can be met, and I believe that you know this team is capable of meeting them. So with the defense, 
you touched on this a little bit, but um, you guys made for three straight stops at the beginning of the game, but then when they started spreading out the field more, that's when kind of the success started to go away. What do you think happened defensively, um, and what hit was kind of bringing out offensively that kind of made you guys struggle? You understand that was like one of the best offenses in the conference, and they're playing in the championship game, right? That's a good football team, and that quarterback is a He's the best quarterback in the conference. What our defense did against them was really, really good. And, but it's hard to keep those guys down continuously. And I saw the receivers doing some stuff that was, their receivers that was unbelievable. And then I'm seeing this guy avoid guys, throw the ball away exactly at the right time. It was like you were, you were dealing with an NFL. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bell guy in college. I mean, that guy is a very, very good player. You mentioned that they offered up some passing opportunities. How did you think Garrett handled that opportunity? And how did you think uh, Sean handled having more of a, uh, a, a less role there in the second half? Well, first of all, I thought he handled the opportunity. His percentage was up. I thought we hit some throws. I really did. I think the turnover, like I said, I thought the turnover got us a little bit. And, you know, Sean, it was, there was not a lot of room in there. You know, we were kind of plug in, plug in, plug in. And he was going in there as hard as he could, zero, one, two yards. But the linebackers were downhill right now. They went from some coverages to basically just playing cover zero, where there's no double teams anywhere, where everything's a single block. And that's when you need, you know, those freshmen, those young offensive linemen to just bull a guy, grab a guy and show him I'm big, you're not. And some of those guys, they just need another year. Their strength is a little bit away. Some injuries with some of the veteran guys, so they, it just takes a little bit away. But there was a bunch of single blocks up there, and we just couldn't get a lot of space for him. So, Dino, you know, you're kind of on the similar tangent that I want to go down with, with the roster depth and the numbers. This theoretically was a year that you were allowed to have more guys on your roster than you ever were allowed to have. And you carry a low number tonight. Uh, what have you learned over six years about building adequate depth? First of all, the six years really don't count because the rules changed after five. And it, we had the depth, we, we built the depth, and then when the, the rules changed, the depth changed, and the numbers changed, and the roster changed, and this is all within the last year. So again, this is stuff that it's not just me and it's not just Syracuse University. This is college football and every university. I believe there's 130. I might be wrong. But this is what everybody's going to be dealing with until they change the rules. Garrett, when I talked to you in December, you said I'm coming here to, to try and start. Uh, what was this year like for you? Uh, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions, but um, coming in the spring, just come, just 
putting my head down, working, meeting the guys, and you know, I, I knew last year was a reflection of what this team was and what it could be. So, um, I mean, just came in and just did what I was supposed to, did what was asked of me, and um, I mean, it, it all worked out um, pretty good, I'd say. But I mean, now that I feel like I have more of the reins on on, um, on offense, but I'm, I mean, I'm ready to get going, ready to build, and it was there's a lot of it was tough, a lot of a lot of times throughout the year, just because we see what we can do and we're just not there yet. And that was, that was the most frustrating thing to me, especially we're just trying to figure out how to win games and put it together. But the potential is there, and we'll come back next year and with uh, with high heat. It's from Raquel. Uh, you have a percentage chance to, if you're going to enter your name into the NFL draft, what do you think that would be? 50-50. Uh, when do you think you're going to make that decision? Uh, the next week. All right, the coach montage is brought to us by my bookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SportsDrink, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all of the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots will be taking on the Bills Monday, December 6th as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo obviously looks good, a contender possibly, however. Look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when you use the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag. All right, Joe, we head into this montage. Let's rip through this. Uh, look, it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy offseason. I think a crazier one than we could ever expect. I have no idea what this team looks like right now uh, going into next year. There's still a lot of unknowns and we'll hit some of those up. Um, you heard Babers talk um, a little bit about, you know, the loss and whatnot, but uh, the first question from Stephen Bailey, asking the question, putting it out there, honestly, that the one we all want to know or get coach's opinion on, you know, he's going to leave it up to the university. Obviously, you're not going to get a straight answer. But, Joe, will one, will coach be here? And two, I mean, for this to come down, I mean, it, it was presented by media that Dino's job came down to a win or loss against Pitt. Like, Mm. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, it, it, let's be but let's be a little bit realistic as far as that goes. I mean, they exceeded expectations um, from predictions at the beginning of the year. Um, to yep. have it all come down to pit, I don't think is fair. And if and if they were going to make a decision, I feel like that decision was probably made before pit, and maybe. Um, you know, pit plays a role in, in that decision. The pit game plays a role in that decision if they win. But I don't see it. I see Babers being here next year. So just your personal opinion, what do you think? No, I think he'll be back too. Uh, I think that it was to what Dino said, I think a couple of pressures ago, where you know they won one game. Vegas had them as over under three games winning. And um, you know that I think there was a lot of people that didn't have them going five and seven. And to be perfectly honest with you, you know, I think that uh, – Again, I'll say it over and over again. I think that Florida State game got taken away from us. Uh, I think that this should be a bowl 
eligible team, a six-win team anyway. But regardless, we um, over over exceeded most expectations. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I know that there was me and, and um, Tyler. And Michael, and Michael, we all kind of thought we were going to be what six and six or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, you we having those three games within the three points, and you know, seeing that that Rutgers game was just kind of a throwaway game. Um, you know, I, I think that um, I'll take the five and seven with how close they played some of those other teams, uh, especially Wake Forest and, and Clemson. Um, so. Yeah, I think he has his job, and, and I think that, you know, what happened was we played good early once we made the change to Schrader, and, and then people's expectations changed to where now 5-7 and seven or not a bowl um, wasn't good enough. And that's right. to, to what Babers was alluding to. That wasn't the, that wasn't where the goalposts were in the beginning of the season. It's what have you done for me lately type situation, and especially mm-hmm. with the fans. And the, mini, the media manipulates a little bit of that, and they kind of carry, you know, they carry the conversation whichever way they kind of want and to some degree. So like you mentioned Syracuse did they had a they had a legit four shots at a six win season. When you think about Florida State Clemson and uh Wake Forest, right? The the three three-point games in a row coming up short, mm-hmm. but the the one for me is Rutgers because uh it, which you mentioned but I mean it was real time quarterback tryouts in the beginning of the year. I don't yeah, know if we remember this, bro. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we could have went, we could have honestly started, should have, would have, could have started four and oh, we could have. And you know, you, you couple that with, with the other two wins that we got in conference play all together. And, and they're easily sitting at six and six, in my opinion, they could have still, I mean, if some butts are candy nuts, we all have a Merry Christmas on, on all of this, but it's speculation. And I think that um, the Rutgers game was the one. That was the one um, that really yeah. was well, the, if, the, if the deciding factor. That, then, you know, people are going to talk about how maybe it took Babers too long to make that decision, right, as far as who was going to play quarterback. Because I think that sure, if, you, I'd be there. If, you start, if you start Schrader right from the beginning, from game one, week one, and you know what you're doing, then – um, you know, I think that we probably take that Rutgers game and, uh, you know, going into the season, you know, Wake Forest and Clemson, those two games definitely surprised me because I was never looking at them as wins. And then really for me, Pittsburgh and NC State, I mean, just those those four teams, those offenses um, and, and just teams coming into this year, I thought those were four teams that we weren't going to even have a chance to beat. And two of them we did. So, um the Pittsburgh and NC State, if it came down to the last two games, um, then I was nervous about it anyway. Yes. Uh, and with Clemson and Wake Forest, those were very, very, you know, surprisingly um, competitive games and where we, we were right there. So um, those four games, I never had in my mind that we were going to win. It was all the other games that were toss-ups and just when were we going to figure it out. And like I said, we, we know what happened with Rutgers. I believe Florida State got taken away from us. And then, um, you know, Louisville, we just couldn't get up after that, after that bye week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still good enough for me, especially going into, ne- I mean, going into next year, he made the changes, you know, he, he changed and, and he got a new offensive line coach. He made the change from DeVito to Schrader. And, uh, you know, now we just, we know what we're identities, what our identity is going to be going into next year with our offense and our defense minus, you know, our super seniors that were on the defensive line, pretty much everyone's going to really come back for the most part, unless Mikel decides to go to the NFL um, or Garrett Williams or something like that. But I don't think we have any seniors in the linebacker or defensive back uh, group. So 
Um, a lot of offensive linemen returning as well, minus, I think, what, service. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that there's a lot of positives to look to look at. I think those guys got to get bigger, faster, stronger, and I think that Babers has got to figure out a way to take advantage of this NIL and, and this and this uh, the transfer portal to be able to – to get guys to come in to plug into the pieces that we are going to lose. Yep. And um, so coach was asked about the defense. Defense played great, not just for the third, was it for, for the, the first four drives for Pitt, three and out, or there's three, three and outs to start the game. I know for a fact. Uh, but they, 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 they played good the whole game, in my opinion. And um, that wasn't the issue yesterday. We just outmatched, man. And, you know, for the most part, I saw it coming, but there's always a chance, you know, when you're heading into these games, and that's why we play. So, with that said, I mean, it goes without saying, the defense all year has been the one consistent thing, and we don't know what this defense looks like next year, but, you know, you got to have guys fill these roles. I I feel good about the DB situation, Um, just getting another year under their belts, and, you know, with Deuce, um, I I hope... uh, he learns from some of the mistakes he made this year and just carrying that stuff. Yeah. And carrying that stuff in the next year. So, uh, Garrett, you know, he showed us glimpses during this game and he has before the Virginia tech game of what he can do. Um, obviously he needs to be more consistent. Um, Pitt, they, they did a great job of shutting down the run game just in general with, with Tucker and Trader. Neither one of them could do anything. I think they had 30 yards rushing for yeah. the game. Um, the offensive line with its, with its injuries, and just being able to or needing to actually get a little stronger and, and we're seeing some of the guys that are going to be up there next year, uh, they just got beat, right? So um, that was the main thing. And, and the offensive line has been, um, has been plaguing Syracuse football for, for some years now. But uh, yeah. we, we keep, do you have anything to say about that before? Well, they just, I mean, we, we saw a situation. I think as soon as Vetterello, as soon as we lost him, um, I forget which game we lost him in, but it seemed to me like as soon as we lost Vetterello and we had to move Virginia pieces Tech. around, right? We had to move service to center, had to bring Tisdale in. He was out for a little while. Uh, Chris Bleich has been in and out. And, you know, Chris Elmore only played in four games, in which he's the, you know, like back, though, the right? fullback that turns right, their left guard that turned back the fullback that, you know, we'll have him back next year. So I think that, you know, again, it's a situation where. You know, injuries and, and lack of depth has kind of plagued us because we rely on just these freshmen to come in and, and kind of come in and, and fill the gaps, you know. And I think that, you know, that depth is is getting better because it's so young in certain areas. But, um, but yeah, it's it's just a situation where uh, you saw the pass blocking get a little bit worse. You saw, I mean, run blocking, it's tough. Pittsburgh's defense line, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense period, is, I think, number one in the ACC against the rush. So um, that was obvious. But if there is a glimpse there, I think that Schrader did. I mean, I know he's made some big, big passes, you know, Um, you know, YOLO balls is Mike Golick Jr. would like to say. Right. Uh, In the Clemson game and then in the uh, Virginia Tech game. Right. That Mm -hmm. you were at when Damian Elford caught that and won um, and won the game. Uh, And I mean, he was 17 to 24 for over 200 yards. I don't know. Over 70 percent. 200 yards. Right. And Virginia touchdowns. He threw some he threw some balls uh, that I thought were I mean he showed me glimpses of what the passing attack could be especially knowing that like you know a lot of our receivers are are younger too um, and that's definitely I think a need that that um, Babers has to go out and hit those guys got to go out they got to find some playmakers in in this transfer portal to to help Schrader out a little bit but um but yeah I thought that you know for 
for what Schrader has been doing since the Virginia Tech game, I think that he sh- definitely showed you know glimpses of what uh, what this passing attack can be. You know, it's just you know the running they just did everything they could to run, and, and they just they weren't we didn't score. The last two games we played against two of the better offenses, offensive lines, quarterbacks in the ACC, and for and our defense held up for almost a whole half, you know, or about a quarter and a half. But when your offense isn't scoring and you just keep getting thrown out on the field, then eventually you're out there for too long. And then again, we know that our depth has kind of been hurting on the defensive yeah. line too, right? So Garrett Williams has been in and out. Some of the safeties have been in and out. Um, so, you know, if you're on the field for so long, then that's just what's going to happen, especially early in the game. So, yep. Uh, trader hit 70, over 70% of his passes. He was sacked five times, however. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, he said, and it's not in the montage, but he said, you know, basically point blank and we got to get on the same page. Which just goes to show you, I mean, everything we thought was the issue was the issue, right? Familiarity right. with receivers and quarterback and, yeah. you're, you know, reading defenses, things like that. Like, like that stuff takes time. I mean, they just plugged this dude in game four. and That's the thing is that they didn't even – that just wasn't even something – I mean, you had Tommy doing, you know, QB1 reps from spring practice through the summer with these right. guys all the way into – now we're figuring, trying to figure it out in the season, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you make that change, now you're relying on that type of, you know, cohesion and stuff that like happens usually in the off season when you can throw to your guys and when you can all get on the same page. Now you're trying to do that in practice, and you know, in between tape and and trying to just get your body ready for a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? From week to week, that's difficult. So um, I I'm really excited, honestly, about the offense. I don't think it's going to be an offense that is going to be easily stopped. I think we're going to have a bunch of guys out there. We saw Courtney Jackson and some of these younger guys, you know, stepping up. So um, there was a glimpse there against Pittsburgh, and uh, we know what Sean Tucker can do. So um, we have an identity, and it's up to them to get on the same page, uh, so to speak, on this offseason. And, um, yeah, and, and that starts today. Like Coach said during his montage, like um, prepping for next year starts today. Yeah, regardless of who the OC is. Exactly. Um, it, it, real quick, we'll go out of order here, but you heard Schrader give his thoughts on on, on how his year went. Obviously, as a player, you, you know that he's probably extremely disappointed, but like I mentioned, he, he did talk about being on the same page with his receivers. And, you know, I'm going to expect that next year. That's an expectation that I think we is, is a legitimate expectation for us next year with Schrader getting a full, complete offseason Doing the doing the first team reps like you talked about, I'm going to expect this to get better and not be such an issue. Uh, we saw right. against Pitt last night, not a whole lot of bad throws, and there was a there was a couple tight windows that he threw into that just the balls weren't caught, but they were placed well. And yeah, the one the one fumble right. So yeah. so Devon Cooper, um, you know he 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 had a reception for a first down and ended up fumbling yeah, the ball. I hope, and, and I hope he gets. I hope he has another year. I don't know his situation, but I hope he has another year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he started the show Sparks, him and, and Courtney Jackson with uh, with Schrader, and uh, just happens to be those guys in the slot that are running those you know slants and those seams, you know, down the middle. Right. So, um, you know, that's something that you can see he's comfortable with. And, and again, like I said, we had you know Amari Hatcher and Aronde Gadsden and Damian Alfred, some of the bigger guys and outside receivers that are just 
they still need to just put on weight and get a little bit more physical to be able to handle this stuff. But, you know, he's got a whole year. And like you said, I mean, I look at it like he has a reason for possibly not being on the same page with these guys. And we still kind of did what we did, tried to gain some type of identity. And I only expect it to be better, 100%. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the transfer portal stuff. We heard, you know, carrying a low number on the roster. I think, what were we down to six? Were we, were we at 65 ish? Something like that, Joe? Do you, do you know the number? I think we, well, I think it was above 65, but I think it was um, under 70. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So between 15 and 20 players short of, 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 of what, well, of what a normal full roster would be, right? 85, plus we were allowed yeah. the extras. So mm-hmm. um, the depth wasn't there. It, it's something that I think the, this transfer portal stuff, I think we can all agree. I think all the coaches can agree. It's it's a hindrance just to the sport in general. Um, you got the NIL stuff. That's fantastic. I love that stuff. That should be able to get people to a place and be able to stay there. And it should be, you know, one-time transfer rule, maybe not even sit out, but one time. That's it. Like, you can't just keep doing this. And, um, you know, I expect that to be to be cleaned up. But uh, Syracuse, on the other end of that, because of the issues that they've had, and we've saw, seen a lot of players go, they need to dip into this thing, like, ASAP. And I'm no, right. I know coaches, right? We talk about the wide receivers. Like, we need to get these guys linebackers you know as well to to get these guys in here and start building this thing today uh, for next year and um you know the one thing too is that tucker and, and going back to the coaching stuff tucker you know he had already he's already said that he was likely to return next year uh, pending on the coaching decision right so you have to assume that that means you know as long as baber's here i plan on coming back okay right and yep. And that's a question that's in the air right now. He hasn't made it official, so people are going to speculate. But just for what it's worth, you know, he did say he is likely to return next year. I mean, that would be talk about a giant blow. Obviously, that would yeah. be a giant yeah. blow. Okay, um, let's couple this with Joe in whatever you haven't already said about the transfer portal. You can add, <laughs> but but Michael Michael Jones is he leaving? He said fifty fifty. I'll give an answer next week. I'm tell you right now, uh, I would be shocked. If he came back, I'd be really? shocked. I would be. I would be. I think he's probably going to try to to enter the draft, and and you know that's going to come down to him talking to who, his family and 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 coaches and and making a decision from there. But and I mean, dude, this guy's talented, man, talented, and um, obviously be huge to get him back, and it would be twice as bad not to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think it would behoove him very, very much to, Come back. you know, kind um, make sure that he listens to his family, but also that he's got. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, he listens to the coaches and lets them know. Uh, I don't see Dino as a coach that's going to sit there and, um, you know, sugarcoat anything. If he thinks that you can go and you can, like he said it before, if he thinks that you can go and you can get drafted in the top three rounds, then go. You know, you're gonna, you're guaranteed a contract. You know, you don't got so many years you can play this game and make a whole bunch of money, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can get drafted in the top three, you can get drafted and you can you can make money. You know, I mean, Tristan Jackson, I don't even know if he's on a roster right now. He might be on a practice squad, but he got drafted in the top three rounds. He got a nice little, I mean, you as long as you take care of your money, that, that little top three draft pick, whatever, I mean, that's a decent amount of money to where even if football isn't your career, you got something to, to build your life around, right? So... 
Um, oh, it's life changing to your point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even one, I mean, you know, if you're talking about being a millionaire and getting a whole, you know, that big, big contract, that's always your second contract. Your first contract, you want to get drafted, you want to make the team and you got to prove that you can get that type of, of contract. Um, and that's why, you know, football so hard. So he can go in and he can be a, a, a top three draft pick, um, and make that money and get a guaranteed contract then sure, go ahead and do it. But I don't, you know, if, if he's not up there in, in that area, then I don't really know if it's, you know, going to be smart for him. So we'll see. Uh, I would probably lean toward, you know, we're probably going to see him again next year. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. Joe, breaking out behooved, by the way. I just thought I would note. So no. with the vocabulary, bro, digging it. Okay. All right. All right, let's hear from you. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. I will post on the socials thoughts on the game. You go to that post. You leave your thoughts on the game. Uh, in this situation here, you can do you can do your thoughts on the season too. I didn't I didn't get a ton of that, but. I got a little bit of it. Uh, let's start with Facebook Joe, our boy Zach on Facebook. Uh, there's this thing called the portal, Dino. You could have used that to bolster your terrible offensive line that has plagued the program. This game was purely lost because no one can block. Uh, think it's time to move on. The fan base is fed up. I hate to say it, but it's the elephant in the room. I actually like the offensive game plan, but Schrader couldn't do anything with no time to throw. So, with the deteriorating throughout the year offensive line and its woes that that he mentions here, um, I mean, how how fair is that? Do you think, Joe? I, uh, I feel because at all the good. I'm sorry, because here's why: the the offensive line in the run game was obviously excellent for the most part. I mean, that's a coupled with just elusive elusiveness of Tucker and everything, right? There were times when Garrett Trader did have plenty of time to throw, but, you know, these are few and far between, I understand. Um, he didn't start getting sacked really bad until the last three games of the season. Yeah. And, and, and we're, talking about, we're talking about the elite of the ACC, right? So as far as defense oh, is going and stuff. Coupled on top of injuries. Well, that, right. That's, that's what I started too, with. Right? Sure, so, yeah. again, it's really it's just going to be – to the point where it all depends on where you sit as a fan, right? Like, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to say, you know, that offensive line, you know, Garrett Schrader wasn't getting sacked like that when Vettorello was in there and when they had the majority of their starters in there, right? And then as people started getting plucked off with Elmore and then Vettorello and then, you know, Blythe missing some games and having to move people around, Darius Tisdale missed some games, um, the offensive line started to obviously – it morphed gaps you know yeah. right i mean we were sitting there we were relying on true freshmen true freshmen guys on the offensive line to come in and play center or come in to play left guard you know so um you know i'm gonna look at it as you know when they were full health it, it looked like you know a solid you know offensive line to kind of get around and and hope for improvement and, and try to push forward but when you get some of those some of those injuries and you get down to you're playing true freshman, then sometimes you're going to lose some of that. And like, again, I think that that's when we started seeing, you know, him getting 
Sean Tucker getting less yards and Schrader getting sacked more and not getting as many yards. And obviously it's coupled with some of the better defensive lines and run stop units in, in the ACC. But, you know, there's going to be those fan bases that say, look, like Dino Babers is in charge of the roster. And if he doesn't have the depth, he should have the depth. Right. So people exactly. they, they don't look at injuries. As, some some fans don't look at injuries as excuses. They look at it as if you get injuries then you're supposed to have recruited good enough to have guys come exactly. in and step up and play just as good right so it all depends on what side of the spectrum you are as a fan to 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 zach's point that's exactly it and i totally get that i totally get that and i think that you have every right to look at this thing and be like okay we had between 65 and 70 players hello you know we could have fixed this should have been an ongoing thing and i expect to see it but obviously, with all of the room we have on the roster heading into the offseason, like, there's no excuses next year. Now, the other thing is, is with the, you know, Dino likes to play it like this stuff is across the board equal for everybody, and it is to a certain extent. But, I mean, it's not totally because the NIL opportunities are going to be different everywhere. And mm-hmm. also, just recruiting to come play at Syracuse, if all you're going to do is be able to hang your hat on the dome, I mean, look, that's that's going to be, that's not enough these days. With everything dangled in front of these kids' faces, it's not enough. It's going to be very hard to get this thing built up, I think. Um, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not in Syracuse, so I'm not getting the games much, right? If I were in Syracuse, I, I mean, it'd just be... I'd be getting the games as much as I could. Yeah. For senior night at the Dome last night, um, I was a little disappointed. Now, I know it does the, the noise doesn't come across the TV like it does when you're there, so that's hard to judge. But the, I mean, hello, I can see the stands, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't great. And um, that's too bad. Does that happen because the program is is kind of floundering a little bit or people see it to be floundering does that happen because it was uh 7 30 on a saturday night i mean those aren't that's not an excuse in my opinion but no but uh, should be a reason why it's packed exactly exactly and so you know with that said i mean um what comes first the the wins and the recruits are the asses in the seats and we've talked about this before and and Mm. and You've got to have people got to be showing up to support the team. If they expect these recruits or these transfers to come in here and want to play there, um, I just think that the attendance for football has got to be better. We always see the attendance for basketball, right? I mean, it always shows up. Well, we'll see, right? This year will be the year that we see because that's going to be the the, the kind of the in between for me, right? It's going to be a situation where I don't know whether it's certain things, right? Cause you look at it now, right? Right now, um, you got, inf- you know, inflation, uh, price of living is, is pretty high. Uh, tickets for the dome are pretty cheap York, though. Right. But that's, that's the other issue, right? Is that's the issue that you have is number one, you know, Oh, season tickets, hundred dollars, you know, Oh, this isn't well. <laughs> yeah. The problem is with that is, is that you only paid a hundred dollars. So if you go to a couple games and you're like, oh, this team stinks. Oh, I've been to three uh, games already. Skip. Yeah. Then at that point, you've pretty much already got your money, right? Mm-hmm. Three games, and it's easier to skip because it's you don't have so much skin in the game. You can throw it on 
whatever, see if you can sell it for $10, $20. And if you don't, no skin off your back, right? On top of the fact that you have people that even with having those season tickets and everything like that, you know, um, there's obviously still the situation with the, the negative tests and the vaccination and all this other stuff, right? So there's a lot of different hurdles and hoops that are going on right now that can make it easy for somebody to be like, you know what, I'm not really trying to go up there. You know, I can just watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, we are going to be back with the rest of Fan Feedback right after this. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. As this... Um... We're kind of we're running long here, which is which is fine. I'm gonna to try to get to most of your thoughts. But first let's hear from my bookie. As I mentioned earlier in the show, it's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag, use a promo code sports drink, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit. 
um, so you can kickstart your betting experience with the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriot the Bills will be Monday, December 6th, um, as the Patriots try to uh, reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo looks good, obviously. Um, however, Buffalo's good enough. I think they cover the spread. Go there. Try that one out. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when you use the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge on Symbol. You can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com. To create a free, your free account when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. This means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting off your teams today. One more, the Spotify Green Room app. Go to your iOS or Android stores. Download the app. It's free. All you need is a username, email address, and password. You sign up. You follow us at Cuse Militia. Sign up for notifications. When we go live, you can get notified. And um, I will promise, I vow to always have the right connection hooked up so that you get the best experience you can from us. Also, you don't have to just listen to us. There's a number of topics. There's a number of other podcasts you can follow in there. And you can even do your own sign up for uh, your session to be recorded. Once you do that, your session ends. It'll get emailed to you. Boom. Load it, upload it to a podcast platform of your choice. And you have a podcast just from the, from, just from the phone. Like no special equipment needed. So go there today. iOS or Android source. Download the app. It's free. Spotify Greenroom. All right, Joe, let's continue here on Facebook with Robert. Um, let's see here. Oh, by the way, before we go, and I forget, Joe, you did, you did win the prediction for, for, the, for the Pitt-Syracuse game despite choosing the, um, the winner wrong. Um, so for what it's worth, worth you, uh, you had a difference of 14. I had a difference of 22. I'll finish seven and five on the season. You, Joe, you finish five and seven. Wow. It's like Syracuse. Yep. Uh, okay. Robert, it takes a lot to frust- frustrate me enough to change a t- channel while I did it tonight. First, I would like to commend the defense. They played their exhausted hearts out. Schrader walks around with a straight face, no emotion, no fire. Hardly ever see him talking up his teammates. He's a physical specimen, but I question his heart. Dino, this is the age of transfer portal. You have the best running back in the nation. You have no clue how to use him. I hope he stays, but I wouldn't blame him if he didn't. Your play calling was ridiculous. You know there are they are going to blitz on third, yet you act like you don't see it coming. Uh, put a, you act like you don't see it coming. Put a. F- Oh, put a fullback in there. At least give us a chance. I don't know. I like Dino, but I wouldn't be upset if he isn't here. So a note to Dino from Robert. But a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. So Schrader, I I I mean look. Um I don't see I never really thought that. 
Uh, I, I, he is very straight faced. I do, uh, I do notice that, but I, I've seen some emotion from him. Yeah, he was talking a little bit yesterday, in the end of the game. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> right? But I mean, of course, I think it's fair to say, just just to um, back Robert up here, it is good to see your quarterback out there leading a little bit more. So for what it's worth, I I, I can agree to that extent a little bit. Well, um, you never know where the rest of the team was when they made those decisions, and there's who knows. There's probably a handful of people that still think Tommy DeVito should be their quarterback. So. Um, yeah, that's I, yeah. something I think, again, you build off of a whole offseason to be in QB1. And uh, that's what this offense or this offseason is going to be, right? So you know, he didn't get the starting job till week four. And there's guys there that have been there four or five, you know, six years almost. So it's uh, sometimes hard to lead those type of teams when he's only been there since the spring, you know, or winter. Exactly. And, and so with that said, I mean, you know, like like we talked earlier, I expect I'm going to expect a lot more next year. Yep. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be an apologist, a Garrett Schrader apologist. I'm not trying to um, make excuses. That's just how I feel. And just watching how the season went and everything, and and you know, I, people are very frustrated as is Robert with Dino's play calling and everything. We we talked to the clock management stuff. Like we talked, we we've talked about it. There was enough of it this year to really question what the hell is going on, and I think that's a fair criticism. I don't know where we are if Dino doesn't come back. Let's just say he doesn't. I mean, okay, who do you get? <laughs> I mean, you know, what's, right. what's this look we're, like? Are we starting over again? Yeah, we're starting over again. I mean, is it better to start over again? Or is it better to just let's let's see what happens next year? Look, there's going to be some expectations next year that as far as, as filling this roster, getting Garrett Trader right, um, that I think um, I'm going to be – those are the, the two things that I really want – to see, and I don't want to see players entering the transfer portal over the whole year either. Which is, no. you know, like to coach's and, point. In, to coach's point in the montage, he said, you know, it's got to get fixed. It'd be nice to know if you're going to have this team uh, for the whole year. You know, like to just do this stuff with two, three games remaining. You know, I mean, it's just it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Well, and I hope that they're actually putting effort into the transfer portal as well because oh, they need to you be know, because we've seen players go to the transfer portal and get signed uh, you know we saw Taj Harris go ahead and get committed and he was taking visits right so um, we've seen some of the other SEC and power five schools getting ahead of this and already getting you know transfer portal commits um, and it just you know it just seems like we're only losing them and we're not really I mean it feels that way like I said I can't speak to it and, and obviously there's you know um, obviously Syracuse you know reporters and people that should know a little bit more about this stuff because obviously we're not in the know and maybe they're not, you know, telling them that, or maybe they're just not asking the right questions. Right. But I just feel like just the whole, any type of reporting on Syracuse and recruiting and anything, as far as football goes, has kind of just been tossed about on the weight side, the wayside. Like I haven't seen other than a couple of players decommitting. I haven't seen anything about commits about, but you're not uh, seeing a lot of about any of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, Fair, but just on the other side of that, I'm not seeing a lot of that anywhere. I'm not seeing a like, for instance, our, our players, I'm not seeing them other than Taj. I don't know of any other player that's left, like Tommy. We haven't heard, is Tommy visiting places? Like, I haven't heard any of that. I'm sure he is. Okay, well, I haven't seen it. So if I don't see it, right. then I got to assume that it's not happening, right? So, mm. I mean, just for what it's worth, I think you're seeing a lot more people go, but 
the, you're going to see the the moves in the in the in the in the visits and these types of things. I think that happens, you know, now. Well, right. I guess I'm just I've just been more because most of the time you get visits and you get stuff like this. Most of the time you get you know the reporting of these players are coming to visit because uh, I mean the recruiting class early signing period is December, and right. then the first week of January or February or something like that. Like that's over, you know. Now and understand the transfer portal is going to be probably up until through the summer when, um. When school starts, right? So, I mean, people that get in the transfer portal, you're going to be able to, you're not going to have necessarily have to transfer by the second semester this year. You could do it over the summer of next year. Right. All right. Tim on Facebook, Orange is the new fast is over. Time for Babers to go and the program to move on. Just have no idea who that could be, who would replace him. He's saying, right. And that's, that's what I'm saying too. Orange is the new fast has been over. Uh, that's done. Uh, they need to move on to something else and we don't need a gimmick. We just need a game plan. And, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's solely it. And, no, um, we don't need to talk about it. We no, need to be about we don't it. need that's... to be talking about baking shit in the oven. And, and when this cake comes out, it's going to be great. The cake's been baking for far too long and, and people are getting tired of it. So, no, you had to change the ingredients halfway through. So, <laughs> yeah. and here we are. And like, I like it, and that's our strength. But let's build towards that, and let's fix what we need to fix going into next year. At Cuse Waterboy on Twitter, brutal stretch to end the to end it. Considering getting a bowl game was well within reach. Syracuse isn't firing Babers with his buyout, as we know how historically cheap they are. But Wild Hack needs a closed door meeting with him to let him know it's bull or bust in 2022. I think all of that's fair, and he makes a good point about the buyout. It's just it's costly. Not only that, but to then bring someone in, and it's just you know, I mean, I just don't see it. But I do agree, and I already said this earlier in the year. Like next year is I, I got to see it next year or this is needs to um, we need to do, do something else yeah I mean obviously we need to see with the, with the players that we have barring a mass exodus uh, with the players that we have we should be able to you know bigger faster stronger strength and conditioning get these guys ready um, and whether it be changing the coordinator or adding a few other coaches um, to you know spe- to help special teams and some other things like that. Um, you only got a couple different places and spots in this in this in this team where you really need to patch some stuff up to where you should legitimately be a, a bull team, and um, that's D line. You know, possibly some kicking situations depending on who leaves. Uh, you know, and uh, then if you can get some playmakers or some guys that can help as far as on the offensive end with um, you know going out and receiving. You know, unless our guys get better, but. When you look at the base of a lot of what's coming back and what you can build off of with allowing Schrader to, to take over this team throughout the offseason and build off that, and um, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind I think that it's bull or bust next year. At Turf on Fire on Twitter, hard to feel optimistic about next season. SU Athletics feel like they're in the mud right now. I mean, I know it feels like that. Um, I, I, remain, I can remain optimistic because the unknowns – always keep me optimistic, um, it, you know, until we kind of see what happens. But I get it. I get it. And, um, you know, next year's going to be telling. And we're going to have to – we're going to – that's going to be it. Like like Joe just said, bull or bust. At J – do you have something to say to that? No, I just – I think I'm right there with you. I think that we lost some players uh, because of the fact that, you know, we obviously we changed our defensive coordinator to 3-3-5. Uh, we changed from – 
you know, the orange is the new fast and our whole quarterback and people that have been there with Tommy came in with Tommy. Um, so he decided to make a change and it can't really come back to, to bite us. You know, uh, we made the change and now we need to be okay with that and move forward. At Jason money, tough season in all truth, probably should have been seven and five. Don't want to see the season end worried about running back next season. So, I feel optimistic that if Dino stays, Tucker stays, and um, I guess it's, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and stress about something that isn't really a story. It's being made a story, I guess, because it's just right. nothing's beneficial, right? So yeah, so and- for, for, for the, just to that point, like Syracuse needs to come out. They, they either need to say, we're sticking with Dino and this bull crap right now, right? Or they need to do the opposite and be like, hey, we're going to move in another direction. So the quicker that they do that, come out either way on either side of the fence of this thing, the better it is going to be for all the players. I think there's, I think Sterling Gilbert might be on the hot seat way more than mm-hmm. way more than yeah. Babers. Yeah. Um, so it, the better, the quicker they come out with that, the better it's going to be for the players, the coaches, and the program, and the fans just all across the board. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Dino, I'm going to uh, – you, you got to make that change. You know, you got to make sure – you got to know, number one, uh, if Sean Tucker is going to stay or not. Right. Right? So, I mean, even as a coach or even as somebody that's looking past it as far as like a John Wildhack, like if you fire Dino, think about the backlash. I mean, think about the backlash already with the new um, coordinating change, coordinator changes and uh, the other coaching changes. You know, these guys – some of these guys, they got recruited by coaches that now are not there because they got fired, right? Or we're running a different scheme on offense, or we got this other offensive coordinator that you know didn't didn't recruit this offensive player, right? So there's all these things that are going on, and um, we've already lost a whole bunch of players. So I think the worst thing you could do is fire a head coach because then you're going to lose a whole bunch of people. Then there will be that mass exodus, and you're talking about a t- you want to have a, a season that's worse than last year. Worse than one in ten, yeah. Then you do then do that, right? right. Now, if you got to get rid of Sterling Gilbert, I don't think there's any player that's married to Sterling Gilbert. Um, I, I think that he was supposed to come in and help. As long as you can get somebody to come in and understand that this is what we're doing, then then that's fine. But even in a situation where, like, if Sean Tucker were to go and Dino were to stay, um, you know, the the earlier you know that, the earlier you can go in and you can. I mean, think about the running backs that are going to be in the transfer portal that if you turned around and you said, Hey, look, we're losing this guy, but look how many times he carried the ball and look what he did. We'd actually probably have no problem getting legitimate running backs to come in, you know, on top of the fact that who knows what's going on with Abdul Adams and, you know, Josh Huff got hurt last or earlier this year. So, um, obviously you'd want to bolster that, that group if Sean Tucker were to go, but, um, you know, like you said, the earlier that they they name that, then the faster you're going to be able to figure out all these different things. At Adrian Pomilio, come back when we have a varsity team. At Bald Sports Dude, mm. fire Dino. At Rebecca Grinnell, too. I'm sad. At Stan Breezy, Babers and the offensive coordinator need to be fired or at least demoted to vendors. So. That's that was a string of ridiculousness topped off with this at the Pat Mosley. How in the world did they let Tommy DeVito get away? We could have we could have 
<laughs> we could have shared a two-quarterback run-pass offense that would have won many games. So disappointed with Babers. I disagree. Mm, me too. <laughs> uh, that is requires so much. First of all, it, you don't just develop that. You know, it's hard enough to develop switching just to Schrader and keeping one game plan, let alone mm. putting two together every game and when to do it and how. And not only that, but with the receivers, and I mean, just the, the center. I mean, every every aspect of that. You know, there's teams that can pull this off, but they're historically known for doing it, right? So, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not up to, first of all, to Joe's point that he said many times. And I agree. I feel like Syracuse had the best chance to win with Garrett Schrader. And this is purely speculation and it can never be proven but i like i said earlier in the show we win i think we win that Rutgers game with garrett schrader and i think that's that was our season that would have been the bowl game right so i mean to develop a two quarterback run pass offense um for this team with these guys i just think it would have been too much man it'd been too much because you're looking at doing that when week four when they decided schrader was going to start i mean when do you you know what i'm saying i don't, I don't know that's not that's not. I just don't think no. it's realistic. So, but I do know that there's people out there who who think like that. Yeah, I just think we got to be careful when we when we get rid of coaches like this. You know, I was the, the firm believer that this that's kind of what happened. I, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Pascaloni when I was young, right? But he was he was he brought actually, results. Yeah, it I might actually not was. I actually liked Paul Pascaloni, man. It might it might not have brought well near the end of his career. It might not have brought the same results as it did when he had Don McNabb and some of these other guys, right? But like sometimes, you know, you look at something as a problem and then what you <laughs> what you decide to try to fix the problem actually creates worse problems. Right. And that's, um, you know, a situation where I think that was Paul Pascaloni and just the whole Greg Robinson thing and everything like that, you know. And even then when we got Doug Marone, there was people that were, you know, they were happy or whatever. But he went 500 and then he went as like a head coach into the NFL. Right. But even Scott Schaefer. I mean, he was a player's coach. I liked him, and he only got three years, and I thought that, that that wasn't enough because I think you need to be able to bring in an environment, bring in something, and let allow it to grow. And, um, you know, that's just where we are with Dino. He realized that, you know, the orange isn't the new fast and that that cake that he was, you know, cooking, you know, he might have messed it up a little bit. But he made the yeah. changes, and now I think that, you know, if, if you use that, you know, dungy type of approach with that type of quarterback and that type of team where you're, you're running identity football team. Um, then, you know, the sky's the limit. You can have good seasons like you did when Dungy's senior year. And, um, he's just now trying to tweak that and get that right. And I think, uh, you know, getting rid of DeVito and, and, and starting straighter was the beginning of that. And you, you gotta give him, you know, the off season to, to write that ship because, you know, you can't just write that ship in the middle of the season when, like, to your point, there's an open quarterback conversation or quarterback competition all the way into week three, like in the game. Right. Real time quarterback tryouts is not mm -hmm. exactly ideal for any team. So yeah, we're just going to play this Big Ten team week three and we're still trying out quarterbacks. Like, what are we doing? Exactly. And, um, you know, that's going to do it for Syracuse football this year. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's disappointing. They exceeded our, ah. they, they exceeded they exceeded Vegas's expectations, which isn't saying much. But mm -hmm. Joe had them at six and six. I think they should have been at but six and six. 
I mean, at the end of the day, um, the last three games were just deflating. And I think, I think if, I think if those were spread out a little bit, it's, I think the, 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 the fan base is reacting a little differently, but to go three weeks like that, coming out of a buy and just boom, boom, boom and getting smoked <sighs> right against in the, yeah. And right in the fall, right? Yeah. Right two road games. And then basketball just started. Yes. And it, it, I think it was just a big punch in the nuts. Uh, I mean, as Syracuse fans, to deal with those three weeks back to back to back. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot to fix. And uh, I think more pressure is going to be on Babers. I think he comes back. There's going to be even more pressure on him. And yeah. the fans are going to apply that pressure just as well as, as anybody at the school. So we'll, we'll just we'll keep you posted on any moves. I expect to see them soon. Hopefully they come out, like I said, and go ahead and either, either get behind Dino or not. Uh, the sooner the better for that. Okay, so... Joe, this Tuesday, I believe it's at, it says, it says here, I don't know if a, a, an official time was announced yet, but it says 7 or 7.30, somewhere around there-ish. Um, Indiana Hoosiers come to the Dome for the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. The all-time series with the Hoosiers sits at 5-1 and one in favor of the Orange. The first meeting was in 1987. National Championship game, Indiana won 74-73 to 73 on the Keith Smart basket. And if you're old enough to know, you know, right? Maybe if, even if you're not old enough to know, yeah. you know, uh, via YouTube. But um, this was their only win, as the Orange would rattle off at least uh, the last five, excuse me, including a tournament win in 2013. The last time the teams met was also in 2013, the following season. Uh, let's see, uh, 69-52 win. Ennis, Cooney, Coleman, Christmas, and Fair, you're starting five. Cooney with 21 points. In that game, Pretty sure that was in the uh, that was in the tournament. Not that one, and I can pull this up real quick. If you no, okay, bear with me. It was the year before was the tournament, or excuse me, the season before. They were both in 2013, but the season before was the tournament win, mm. and that was also 2013. But this was 2013 as well, just the following year early. And if you just, I could do this real time real quick. Hold on, it's right here. Um, yeah, so the tournament win was 65, 61 to 50. Carter Williams, Trish, Christmas, Sutherland, and Fair, you're starting five. And Carter Williams had 24 points in that game, according to orangehoops.org, who has their stuff together, by the way. Uh, Indiana's averaging just over 77 points a game. They are actually listed in uh, 30, the 31st spot for the Ken Palm rankings, and they're ranked 18th in adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm. Joe, 6'9", sophomore forward, Tracy Jackson Davis, is uh, also averaging just over 20 points a game. And almost sure that's four- Trace? Tra- is it Trace or Tracy? I don't know. That's what I was going to ask you, because it could be I- both, I feel like. I believe it's Tracy. Okay. Um, just looking at it, that was my first thought. Uh, we could always ask Siri, but... She sometimes says she has failed me. She has. Uh, True. So he's averaging 20 points a game, just over 20 points per game, and almost four blocks a game. And we are all familiar with the man named <laughs> Xavier Johnson, who transferred from Pitt. So he knows the zone. He knows how to beat the zone. He's averaging 12 points a game. That's good for second behind uh, Tracy or Trace Jackson Davis. So, Joe, um, no slouch. Indiana's no slouch. And no. it's going to be another huge test early in the season for Syracuse. 
what else you got? Uh, yeah, they. The big thing with me, I, I look at is defense, right? When you looked at we looked at Ken Palm defense of um, efficiency, and you know VCU coming out of this tournament was I think fourth or fifth. Auburn was thirty fourth. Uh, now we're looking at Indiana, who is eighteenth, kind of right in the middle. So uh, we know that they got. You know, like you said, Xavier Johnson. I'm sure that Joe Girard's going to be happy to see him again. And um, <laughs> yeah, Xavier Johnson has been in Joe's pocket. Like, all, you know, he's been a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know that that's going to be there, especially after watching this tournament. Why wouldn't you just have Xavier Johnson out there being kind of a, you know, pain in the ass? I mean, they, well, and the thing is, is that they got like three or four guards that average about 20 minutes a game. So, it's not like he's got to go 30 uh, so that he can expend his energy doing that um, and then, you know, just sub out because they're deep. Uh, but to your point, the uh, Tracy Jackson Davis and also Race Thompson, who is a, a 6'8", 235-pound uh, um, forward, both those guys 6'8", 6'9", and they both got some some strength. Um, Tracy Jackson's averaging, you know, obviously, 20 and a half points a game race thompson's averaging eight uh rebounds a game and he's actually i mean these these two guys plus xavier johnson with assists are pretty much the main guys and they're going to give us problems down low uh that's kind of where i worry um i think we lost the vcu game because jesse edwards got in some foul trouble and that's one thing that we're definitely going to have to worry about because this uh tracy jackson davis guy i don't even think he's got a three Trace, by the way. Siri says Trace. Trace. Well, Trace, uh, he hasn't even shot a three-pointer, I don't believe. I mean, if he has, he's missed it So, because he hasn't made one. He's at 0%. So this guy's down low um, in the paint, and we've had guys like that that size give us problems, and that's going to be the main thing to worry about, I believe. Um, I mean, obviously, we've given up a lot of three-pointers as well this year, with at least maybe not a lot, but a good percentage. No, uh, we've 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 given up a lot. I mean, I think that the the three-point defense is the the that's been a huge issue, right? Yeah, it's been so. a big issue. I mean, the only guy Parker Stewart um, guard is six-five uh, guard. He's hit twelve of twenty-six, and then you know two other guys have hit six threes uh, this year. Xavier Johnson's hit five. So did you mention rebounds? Like- they're averaging 40 rebounds a game. That's a ton. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm worried about. Like I said, I'm not even really – they got Parker Stewart who can hit threes. Um, you know, they got a couple freshmen, Tamar Bates and uh, Jordan Geronimo, they come out and, and they play tough and help with the rebounds and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, I, I'm worried about Trace uh, Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, the forwards down low. I think they're going to give us problems. They're very um, – aggressive they're, they're big uh, too they're big yeah they got the size so um that's where we got to handle that and if and, and we got to keep um jesse out of foul trouble because obviously jesse is um we're gonna need him to score you know the way that him and cole swider uh scored the last two games of the uh tournament they kind of need to do that and then everyone else is gonna have to step up and, and keep doing oh, what they're doing but man. It's going to be a tough team overall because it doesn't seem to me like they're going to be easy to score against, and um, they're going to be just a, uh, just a handful down down low. So we're going to have to keep the um, turnovers down and, and try to do our best to keep that gap for rebounding as close as possible. I don't I don't see us winning it, but if we can keep it close and we can win that turnover battle, then uh, I think that gives us a chance. But we still need to, you know, give them fits down there, get 
get to the to the free throw line like we've been getting to and um yeah, I mean it's not going to be an easy game whatsoever. Yeah, following following this game, a uh, week from yesterday, they'll be at Florida State. So, there's that. You no, know, and Florida State's got their own stuff going on, but Yeah. Um, you know, Indiana, they just seem like a, a younger team, but bringing on Xavier Johnson, um, you know, helps. And uh, you know, I just think that hopefully this team and this coach, I think Beheim, he he said it best with the last presser that you know, they went down there to figure out what type of team they were and, you know, who who needs to get better wear and everything like that. Um, and I think that there was a little bit of clarity down there in that tournament. I think that, you know, Jesse Edwards is a legit double-double guy if we can keep him out of foul trouble. And I think we need to keep him out of foul trouble because I do believe that we could have had a chance in that VCU game if he, only, if he didn't play just 16 minutes. Um, but also that, you know, we might need to have to filter in Samir Torrance and Benny Williams. And these guys say that we're going to need their athleticism and their juice coming off the bench uh, for defensive purposes and um, yeah, and to they, be able to possibly get through some um, some tough defensive situations. Yeah, the good, bad, and the ugly of it coming out of Atlantis is the, the good is Jesse Edwards. The, the bad is probably, you know, maybe – some of the issues with the rebounding, right? And the ugly is is some of that defense. Well, yeah, and we've learned it, right? We've seen teams where we've gotten brought in a bunch of transfers and we've tried to piece together a team. And, uh, you know, the better that those guys all get acclimated, people figure out their roles and um, you figure out stuff like that, then the, the, the sooner you can just, earlier in the season, you can just move forward, get past that, and now figure out how to be the best team you can be. And, um I think if anything, you know, you go into a tournament like that and you want to win all three and you want to, you know, stay undefeated or not stay undefeated, but you know what I mean? Like beat Baylor and and just everyone's watching. It's on ESPN. But like realistically this early, you know, playing against teams like that, especially teams like we're not going to play a lot of defense teams that play defense like that in the ACC. And to be able to go into that type of tournament and figure out who you are as a team and you know, where we need certain people to play and roles and everything like that. Um, you know, you now it's just the coaches implementing it and putting it into place and, and putting the players in position to, to make the plays to win. But, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's where we were after this tournament. And, you know, we just got to move forward with that. And if we have learned those things and we have implemented those things in these practices, then, you know, maybe we'll look better on Tuesday against a team like this that probably last week would have beat us. Yeah, you got to imagine that. The, any tweaks that Beheim makes, obviously coming out of this, it's a huge learning experience to go there and kind of get bullied around by some of the top teams in the country, and that only is going to make you better. You know, that's how that's how that's that's a if any positive thing comes out of that, that's that. You know, you got a yeah. good you got a good shake really early, and uh, you got to come out on top. So it's about perseverance. It's about you know. Um, rising to the occasion and I expect this team to get better. They do every year, but you know, we'll see kind of, we'll know more after Indiana. Yeah. Right. Well, and, but, but, and it's also a thing where when you have play a lot of returning players that come back, a lot of times people already know their role, you know, the coaches would be like, Hey, well last year we had to do this. We're going to need you to take a couple more shots. We're going to need you to do this. We're going to need you to work on this. Right. When you bring in a Samir Torrance, Benny Williams is a freshman on top of, Cole Swider and Jimmy Beheim is transfers, not knowing if we're going to have Sadibi or not. Like, 
people are still trying to figure out where they stand and what they need them to do. And coaches are still trying to figure that out as well, you know? And, um, again, playing in a tournament like that can only really help. So, and this Indiana team too, I mean, they're six and oh, but you know, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois, St. John's, Louisiana, I mean, was it Louisiana Lafayette, Jackson state Marshall, uh, haven't played a true away game. Now there's, there could have been a couple, um, um, neutral court games here, but none of them have been a true away game. So Syracuse is going to be the first true away game. Um, it's going to be on ESPN two at seven o'clock on Tuesday. So you can only hope that didn't mean students aren't going to be there. Are they? No, they're not going to be back yet. I don't think. Uh, see, that's going to be tough. So, I mean, again, you know, Indiana, they played some close games. They only beat St. John's by two Eastern Michigan by six. That was the first game of the season. So albeit six and oh, uh, but again, this is going to be the first time they're going to be going to a actual opponents arena and playing. Um, so it's first true road game during the ACC big 10 challenge. And um, hopefully we can get that as, as crowded as we can without the, uh, without the students. Right. Okay, so we will see. And by the way, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure about the students. They might have just had the long weekend, like, you know, because it's not winter break yet. So right. they could possibly be back tomorrow. Hopefully they are. I wish I knew because I That's don't. That's a game we need. Yes, absolutely. And That's a game we can win. And, and, and yeah, and we don't complain about about the crowds at the basketball games, I still can I still contend that we we don't have to deal with that issue this year. Yeah, we'll but see. We'll, well, exactly. We'll see. I mean, this will be a this will be a I huge still think tell it's up in the air, there, buddy. Well, that's fair. I'd be willing to bet. Okay, I mean, I I I understand where you're coming from. I totally get that. But this game will be a big tell. It's a big game. You know, well, we can go and we can it's, look at the average attendance from last year, and we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a better idea. We can do that. You can look that up for us and let us know. All right. <laughs> I think that is going to do it for us. We appreciate all of you for hanging out with us. And uh, look, heads up, heads up. It's okay. Syracuse football, get this thing figured out. We'll see what Syracuse basketball has against Indiana on Tuesday. And we'll hopefully be back here Wednesday to talk about it and hear from you. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.